Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. To me, LA is, it's even though it can be the same over time, it's always exciting. There's always new people coming through. If in, in some ways it feels like being at university mm-hmm. as an adult because you, you have these social groups and friendships and there's always something exciting going on. And I get very inspired by the people here. You know, someone's yeah. always doing something. And it's funny because I, I was speaking to um, a friend of mine's boyfriend. I went to a, a wedding in England recently and her boyfriend doesn't like LA. And when I asked him why, he's like, oh, I can't stand everyone with their passions and their dreams. They're all so... I love about it. I was like, that's exactly what I love about it. Yeah. This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Uh-huh. What's the vibe? There's some damsels in the DM. Do you? Do you? Please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs. Yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. I am Osh. And how you doing, Osh? What's going on with you? I am good. I am having a great time. I just had my one of my really good friends, one of the first friends that I made in my first acting school in San Francisco. Her and her husband and her baby, their baby came to stay with me for a night, which was really, really lovely to have them and just have like my first teeny guest Hmm. in my house. <laughs> we did have Ernie come, so he's kind of teeny, but... He would be teeny. That's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Different, but same. Yeah, I love that. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from Sundance. I had this really funny experience happen to me, actually. Um, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, Osh, but I posted an Instagram from when I was in Tahoe this week. And randomly, I got contacted by ABC News to go on the news and um, talk about my experience in Tahoe with all of the snow that was there. So it's like this hilarious video where it's like, Lauren Elizabeth Harris visited Tahoe recently and all of my Instagrams like were shown on the news. So that's my fun facts of the week. Yeah, you can watch it. What? I need to see this. I need to see if I, your mom's probably watched it, right? And recorded it. It's on, I posted to my story and it's like, I feel like when you posted that you were blonde, you got a ton of mentions. This is my version of that because like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Cause it's like more an expert on the ground. And I'm like here in New York, but okay. Yeah, you're like, um, yeah. I'm done. I was gone a long time ago. <laughs> and it's like a picture of Brian skiing, like my videos from my stories, like me and my like stupid little ski suit, ridiculous. That's amazing. Wait, how was Sundance? Sundance was really cool. It's actually so funny because my favorite film that I saw there was the Persian version. And the lead actress in that is a Leslie Kahn person. Whoa. Yeah, so shout out Leslie Kahn. The method works, baby. I love that. Wow, that's amazing. And did you meet any cool people while you were there or run into anyone that you knew? Yeah, I met a lot of really cool people there, but honestly, like what the best part of it was, was that I went with all of my grad school classmates. And I feel like just because it's been hard balancing acting and school and the podcast, like I haven't been great about like setting aside, like socializing time with my grad school friends. Like I really only see them in school or when we're on um, projects. So honestly, like the best part was just getting to bond more with my classmates. Um, And especially because like, I think being in school, I watch movies so differently than before when I went to school. So it was like fun getting to talk about the things that we were seeing with like my classmates and comparing it to what we're learning in school. I love that. And then you guys went skiing after too, right? We did. We actually skied in Sundance. We were going to go to Deer Valley because I have an icon pass. But Mm -hmm. um, Sundance, I'd never skied like at Sundance proper, not like Park City, like it's its own mountain. And um, so nice. You would love it. Oh my gosh, I want to go next year. Mm. I'm definitely going next year, so we'll go. 
Speaking of skiing, I'm going today. I know Big Bear. I'm so happy. Yeah. I mean, Big Bear is not that exciting. Honestly, it's kind of like horrible, but it's fine. <laughs> At least I can put some skis on and, and do the thing. You've been craving skiing though. So I'm glad that I, you're getting in. Yes, I've really been craving skiing. I'm so excited to come with you to Aspen. That's going to be so be much glad. fun. I know we will need some bonding time by then since we've had a lot of work things coming up. We haven't had yes. fun. So we, we can just have like fun friend bonding time. Yeah. That's actually the hardest thing I think about collaborating with your friends is that like, it's such a delineation between like now we're doing business and like when we're having fun and yeah. I feel like um, it's so important to make sure that like, you're still honoring the friendship part, you know? Yes. Because I feel like, well, actually we had fun that lot that night that I was you in did. New York. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't long enough. Like, I feel like I need some more friend time with you and like bonding time because it's just been mostly like business and work stuff, which is fun too. But um, I miss you. I miss you. I actually have the funniest story and I feel like this is okay to say on the podcast, but you can tell me if it's not, but, um, so Ash and I went out with Brian after we filmed and we randomly went into this cigar shop because it was like very cute, kind of looked like a library and we didn't smoke cigars. P.S. guys, we're not like that. We just went in for the vibes. Mm -hmm. But when we left, we were so stinky, even though we were not smoking the cigars, we smelled horrible. And I learned recently that one of me and Asha's good friends has been fighting that cigar bar because the bar smoke has been going up up into her building what so we gave our business to Bryn's mortal enemy no oh yeah. no I the PG <laughs> but speaking of something great happening today today we have Darren Darnborough coming on the podcast he is an actor. He's originally British, but he relocated to Hollywood. And most notably, he's the founder of a service that I personally love and use all the time called We Audition. Have you used it, Osh? I might have used it once or twice, but it was to, correct me if I'm wrong, can you upload auditions onto We Audition or like no, wait, you can audition on, we like you can do like Zoom yeah. auditions, right? So it's a service that offers readers for you um, who are also actors. And some of the actors can give advice. Also, our friend uses it, I think for her coaching, actually. So I've used a lot of readers to record my auditions from there because like, you know, Brian, sometimes not the best reader. Yeah, Love yeah. The guy, we've but seen it. Exactly, but not the best. Yeah, we've heard it. <laughs> so I've had some like amazing readers from We Audition and it's such a useful service, particularly when the pandemic happened because like the only option you had of people to read for you was your family. And we all know like sometimes your family is not the best actors. Not great. Wait, that's really amazing that you can do that. And I think that's going to be so great for me when I do move to Paris because yeah. I am not going to have, you guys are going to be, you know, like different time zone and I might not have all of my people available that I use. So I feel like that's going to be like really, really big for me when I move. No, it's Matt. It's huge. I love it. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation with Darren. He's done such a service to actors all over the world. And I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say. Let's get into it. All right. So today we are here with Darren, who we are so excited to have because he's an actor. He's originally from London, which is Osh's home turf. So I'm glad that you two have that to bond over. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So I guess just to kick it off, we'd love to hear about you started your career over in England. You moved over here. Take us through that journey and how you got into acting and all of that. Um, so yeah, I, I was born in London in a kind of small north North London town called Edmonton, and I, I got into acting really just as a, a way of doing something at the weekends. I'd gone to see a pantomime with some friends of mine, and uh, my best friend at the time he knew him or his mum knew someone in the cast, so we went out the backstage and, and met them. It's a really like low low key kind of local show. And we were talking to that person and they said they run a drama class at weekends. And we thought that'd be, you know, a fun way to stay out of trouble, basically. So I got involved in that drama class. It wasn't like I had this burning desire to be an actor, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And I started doing the shows every year. So they would do a pantomime every Christmas and they would do a, a musical in the summer. And I was like one of the kids in the show, if you like, I was at age 11. 
And so I was doing that for a while and I did all the plays at school. I played Danny Zuko in Greece and, mm -hmm. you know, doing all those kind of things. And uh, the sort of turning point for me really was my, one of my head teachers at school, uh, he picked me and my friend out that always did all the plays. And he, he gave us a day off to go and be an extra on uh, a film set that is a, a commercial actually, that one of his friends was making. Uh, and it turned out that it was a, a government film, like a PSA. Mm. the natural history museum in london so it's a really fun day out and he just thought it'd be a nice thing for us to do i think we we're about 15 14 15 and on that set where we were just in the background we got chatting to the star of that commercial which who was actually a famous tv kid he had his own show on television that we watched and we became friends with this guy he, he lived near our area so we just would hang out you know ride our bikes and do stupid stuff with this kid and one time he said you should come to my drama class in the evening with me with my agent and we're like with your agent what's that what's an agent and so we went to that drama class and then that agent asked us you know to to be part of that class regularly so I got into into an environment where there were working young actors and that sort of changed my perception of of the business because I was like wow I see these people on television they're actually doing this um but it was a very busy class. You didn't get to work much. You know, you saw a lot of watching and not much getting up on stage. And I was at, by this time I was at college, which is what we do at 16 years old. We go to college. And I was complaining to a friend of mine about this class being like, yeah, we don't really get up to do much stuff. And she said, oh, my friend's an agent. She runs a drama class. You should go to hers. And I, I was really skeptical. I'm still, you know, still this North London kid. I'm like, yeah, my friend's an agent, whatever. <laughs> But she was, it was true. Uh, we went to this drama class and at the end of the class, the agent said to me, I think you're really good. I want to represent you. Bring me a headshot next week. Um, you get, get your mum or someone to just take a quick picture of you. That's all I need. And a few weeks later, I, I booked my first job, which was a commercial for Dr. Pepper. Wow. And, and so that was, the real, it was my second audition, my second professional audition. And I was so foolish thinking that you only had to do two auditions to book a job. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Um, it was another like 40 auditions before I booked my next job. Yeah. But at that point, doing that commercial was when it sort of landed to me that this could be a job and a career. So I got paid a nice amount of money. I got picked up in a nice car and I was like, wow, okay, this is and I had I had my lunch with a, a big TV star in the in the like in the lunchroom. And I was like, wow, this is actually a job that I could do. Um and that's from that moment on, that was my career path. Wow. So when did you make the switch um, from England to LA? And what were you like? How old were you? How long ago was that? Or also, what were you doing? Or did you work in England? I like your sneaky questions. How old are you? How old are you? And how long ago was that? I'm waiting for Asha's <laughs> accent to come out in this episode because she always starts picking up the accents whenever we have somebody with an English accent on the podcast. It's, she like goes yeah. back to her roots. So I'm just waiting for it to drop in. Aaron, I, I, I practice my American accent so hard in the shower before I moved to America. It's not coming out. <laughs> but you're, I'm you're, staying American. Your on the Thames accent is probably considerably more bourgeois than mine. <laughs> yeah. my, my North London street accent, when yeah, that comes out, you won't even understand me. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, how old was I? I was uh, around, I think, 26, 20, I was 28 when I moved here. Okay. And were you working in London before? Or like, did you work on any shows or films or anything? I did. I did bits and pieces. Um, I was one of those actors that I always had something that I was doing, but it was like a, a, a day here and a day there. Like I, I did the TV show, The Bill for a couple of episodes. I did EastEnders for an episode. I did all the, the obvious kind yeah. of things that you do when you're a young actor there. Um, but I, I don't feel like I'm, I didn't make any big splash. Like I was, but then to someone else, I was working a lot. So that's the, all that yeah. always challenges an actor, isn't it? Because to me, I was like, I'm not working very much. And my other friend was like, I've never been on TV. Oh, yeah. So it, there's always that comparison thing. But for me, I was, I was kind of unfulfilled with it. I was just like, it's not really moving. You know, I had credit. I, I did a, quite a lot of commercials around Europe. So that, that kept the money coming in. Um, but, you know, I was just doing these bits and pieces on TV. Um, and so I decided to move to L.A. Not not for the job, actually. I was actually in a 
uh, a place in my life where I was just bored. I was bored mm. of London, and which sounds ridiculous because London is an amazing city. But if you're, I think if you're anywhere for too long with my kind of personality, you just like, ah, oh, I need, I need something new. I need something fresh. And so I, I decided I was going to move somewhere, and LA just made sense because I could do the job here. Yeah. But if I didn't move to LA, I would have moved somewhere. Yeah. And how do you like it? LA, I love it. That's great. Mm. To me, LA is, it's even though it can be the same over time, it's always exciting. There's always new people coming through. If in in some ways it feels like being at university mm-hmm. as an adult because you you have these social groups and friendships and there's always something exciting going on. And I get very inspired by the people here. You know, someone's always doing something. And it's funny because I I was speaking to um, a friend of mine's boyfriend. I went to a a wedding in England recently and her boyfriend doesn't like LA. And when I asked him why, he's like, ah, I can't stand everyone with their passions and their dreams. They're all so- I love about it. (laughs) I was like, that's exactly what I love about it. Yeah. So it's it's not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Funny because in New York, I'm LA's biggest defender because I would never in a million years have moved to New York if I wasn't here for school. And um, in I wrote this feature script for one of my classes. And in my script, the character, her dream, like the LA is the Mecca, but she's in New right. York. And my professor was like, do you really think that LA would be the Mecca? Like to me, New York is the Mecca. Like, why isn't she in LA and then goes to New York? But it's because New Yorkers are such LA haters. Um, they are. They th- yeah. 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 But for me, that's exactly the reason I said, no, but in LA, everyone's following their dreams and their passions and everybody that you meet came there because they wanted to be something. And that is exactly what I love about it as well. Wait, but what's your character doing in the scripts? She's, uh, she wants writer. to be an actor. She wants to be an actor. So. Well, of course, LA is the Mecca. I, I mean, know. I, I would, I would vehemently question your tutor. I know. Well, yeah, if she wants to be on Broadway, if she wants to be on yeah. stage, different. Then he has a point. Yeah, no, no, she doesn't. I kept I it. I don't love LA, to be honest. Never liked it, but I do love the opportunities here, and I love the people here. Like the people that I've been meeting in the industry are really cool, and I do love that everyone's out here chasing their dreams and going after it. And you really see some like real hustlers out here chasing you know, whatever they're into, music, acting, whatever it is. So that is really, really cool. It's a passion, isn't it? They have a drive. It's a a drive. Yes, exactly. When I'm out of LA, I really miss LA. But when I'm here, I'm like, oh, fuck this place. I hate it. And then if anyone else says anything. is is a a meme that said, uh, what two things I love about LA, leaving it and going back to it. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If anyone else says something bad about LA, I'm like, you don't know anything. And then I (laughs) I can talk all the shit. In the well, world. Yeah, right. Yeah, because you're allowed to when you live. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> but I've never been to a place. Sorry, I've never heard of a place more like LA where people have such an opinion about it, having never been there. My brother. That yeah. everyone seems. Oh, LA's like this and LA's like that. I'm like, have you been? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I talk about the LA traffic, the people. The people are horrible. The traffic's really bad. And I'm like, you work around it, dude. The yeah. traffic is not bad from my apartment to my gym, which is yeah, exactly. what I do every day. We don't have to drive during rush hour. Like we don't have a nine to five. Well, I don't have a nine to five job yeah. where I have to be at a place at a certain time when everyone is going at that time. So whatever, like stay in That's Seattle to my brother. Just stay there. It's fine. Traffic in and out of LA at certain times does suck, right? If you ever had to do that yes. drive. But to me, that's your fault for living in Orange County and working in downtown. Yeah. Like, just don't do it. <laughs> but I mean, you could be on the subway where you'd much rather be in the convenience and the comfort of your own car. Just sitting oh, with your podcast and the crazy people around exactly. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ash, what don't you like about LA? Um, She's a city girly. That's what it is. City girly. Does any like walking around or what? I love walking around. I am... I don't know how to, I, I love driving, but I don't love driving with the crazy people in LA. They're crazy when they drive up. The number of accidents I almost got into is horrendous. Um, sure I drive a Jeep though, so they target her. <laughs> I drive a Jeep. And so I'm like, you know, if I'm like, if I touch your car, your car is going to go flying. So like, <laughs> you know, respect the Jeep. That <laughs> sounds like you're the crazy driver. Yeah. <laughs> 
Respect the Jeep, okay? We have right of way. <laughs> we're entitled drivers. Yeah. You drive a Jeep too? Yeah. yeah. There you go. See, we're Jeep people. Typical. <laughs> Your Jeep is not going to fit in Paris, is it? <laughs> no. No. Josh and I are life swapping anyway. So she's going to take my New York place and I'm going to take her LA place. It just makes more sense for the both of us. Right. This is what Lauren wants. I have not said yes to it because I will be in Paris <laughs> while she thinks <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. But anyway, we have not even gotten to the most exciting thing to talk about, which is We Audition, which is a service that I personally love. I use all the time. Thank I want to hear everything about how you decided to start it, when you started it, how you got the idea, everything. Um, okay, so the genesis was uh, in 2013. Uh, we kind of were toying with this idea. Um, the way it started, um, I I have a friend uh, that lived in LA for a, a long while. She's in, now in Australia. Um, she was actually the first ever YouTube star, like the first person to get a million views on YouTube. Wow. That kind of um, and she was an actress. And uh, like many actors, she also had a job at a restaurant. And so she would come home late and have a self-tape to do for the next day so have an audition to learn for the next day because this is before so many self-tapes are happening um and so you know she'd call one of us and be like can you be my reader and as we would do we'd go around and we'd read for each other each other's houses and one day she called me and said oh, i've got this audition can you read read with me and i'm like no i'm, I'm actually working on a, a tv show myself right now i'm actually on set right now um and she said well can you just do it through Skype or FaceTime. Um, Cause I really need to help. And I was like, I've got new lines to learn myself right now. I, I was working on a sitcom and they would just change the script on me. So I was like, I can't even do that. So she ended up calling her mum in New Zealand mm. and doing it through video chat with her mum. And then she sent me a little survey afterwards and I'm sitting in my dressing room reading these questions. And it sort of, it was pertaining to an idea of us having a group of actors that were ready at any point to, you know, be a reader for each other. And I texted her back and I said, I can't talk right now, but take this survey down off, off the internet. She said, why? I said, because I know what you're thinking and I think it's amazing. And I think it's even bigger than what you're thinking. Wow. So we met, we met a couple of days later and I'd actually started a, a web-based company before in England, uh, which was a marketplace for promotional staff, you know, brand ambassadors. Hmm. And it grew into the largest, you know, website for brand ambassadors in the world, which uh, was the only one at the time. And it's, you know, it had people all over the world, kind of like a casting networks for promotional models, pretty people that hand out free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that... I that kind of concept I thought would really work with these readers I said we could have a global marketplace of readers so that anytime like you called your mum in New Zealand there's always someone available so and I have experience of building platform like this as, as in you know the concept and running the business so that was really the genesis I said let's do it but let's do it big um and so we, we toyed around the idea for a, about you know a year we'd meet up and think about the concepts and the name and all of that stuff and then 2014 we actually started working on it properly and it launched in 2015 in april 2015 wow if anyone doesn't know it's that's the simple concept is it's a marketplace of readers on demand through video chats so anytime you have an audition a rehearsal scene scene partner self-tape you can go online and get a reader on demand at the touch of a button, like like ordering an Uber, but they just come up with video chat like what we're doing now. Yeah. And the readers that you have in your database, are they all in the US or do you have some abroad? Worldwide. Worldwide. Oh, all over. We have people in Indonesia, in Japan, in Germany, in Mexico, wherever you can think of, there's, there's readers online. And they're all actors and you can pay them like a fee. Some I think are free, some you pay and uh, to record your audition, which makes me so happy because I think about the actors who, like you mentioned, were waiters or waitresses or were working a job that was keeping them up. Now they can get paid to do something that they love to do, see the material that's out there and help other actors while they're helping themselves. I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> it's, it's funny because when, when we started, we had this slogan, which was ditch your day job. Do you? And the, 
the point being is what we what we envisaged with this system was that at some point, you know, actors love acting and actors get better the more acting they do. Mm-hmm. The reality is most actors aren't doing it enough acting. They're really not. And right. then they say to me, oh, I'm not getting to this place in my career, but I'm like, but how many, how much acting do you do? Like literally how often are you reading a script? And what I usually hear from people with uh, other day jobs, and there's nothing wrong with having a day job. I'm not, I'm not ragging on having, you know, I've had it in the past. We all have to make money somehow, but it's that time it takes away from your work. And the comment I always hear from people is, well, I, I still get my auditions in. And I'm like, yeah, but how, how much work are you doing on them? Number one, are you just doing the bare minimum work because you're up all night doing these other things? Do you have the emotional space? Do you have the, the mental space and the, the physical space? Are you exhausted? Uh, you know, do you have that, that moment to sit with the thing without distractions and be the best person that you can be? And then secondly, I'm like, are you in the gym? Yeah. And mm. I mean, the actor gym. Yeah. Are you reading scripts every day? Because I am, you know, and my peers are. We're, we're doing work every single day on our own auditions or someone else's auditions. So being a reader on We Audition is like being in the gym. You're, it, it doesn't matter if it's my audition or your audition. We're, we're doing a scene. There's two sides to a scene. So as long as you're putting those hours in, and there's a, a particular member um, in New York, actually, and he's, he tells us multiple times, he was like, I have become a better actor because I'm a reader on We Audition. And he went from getting very few auditions in, in his own career to now he's auditioning for big stuff, the law and orders, the CSIs. And he attributes it to being on We Audition because he now understands how that works because wow. he's reading these scripts so many times and he's pulling in these auditions himself and smashing it because yeah. of practice. I was making my boyfriend read with me for all of my auditions and I would get complaints because he's yeah. not an actor. He's in sales. He has no idea what he's doing. And it would distract casting directors from you know my audition because he can't act. And yeah. we auditioned clearly has saved the game on situations like that which saved relationships as well yeah saved relationships seriously (laughs) yeah I don't even want to talk about all of the scripts that I've made my boyfriend do but um one thing that I want to ask you and it's kind of a leading question but how would you say the service and the demand changed with the pandemic it went like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah when when the pandemic happened um we did experience a, a big rise and what happened was the service went from being a luxury service to a necessity so before the pandemic because a lot of people found out about us during the pandemic and they thought that we started then but the truth was is for four or five years before that there's a there was a group of hardcore committed actors that were using us um even a-listers you know and the people that knew knew and everyone else kind of felt like well I didn't need that I don't need that I have my boyfriend I have my sister and as you said you know your boyfriend's not the right person for so many reasons number one they're not an actor number two they don't fit the character description for every audition you do and number three they don't and I mean like you might argue with me on this but they don't really care oh I don't argue with me he doesn't want to do it he would he doesn't want to do it Praise for me to go pay somebody on We <laughs> Right. But even if that person has the time and they really love you and want the best for your career, they don't care about the work like you care about the work. It's impossible. It's not their, it's not their thing. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll find is they'll they'll do this thing and then they'll get bored and fatigued and then they just want to get through it. And what that ends up doing is making you bored and fatigued and you're not putting in your best work. When you play with another actor, it's magical and you, yeah. you build and you do these things. And for me as well, like I'm 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 a really busy person now, both on my business and in my acting career. I don't have time to do it a hundred times. You know, I wanna I wanna book an actor that I can jump and I can jump straight in. It's often I send my first take because it's good enough. Because wow. I'm working with another actor that gives me what I need. Mm-hmm. We get there and that's it. And so there's so many benefits of using a reader. Um, the other thing I hear a lot from actors is, is they go to these casting workshops with casting directors and they're like, but casting directors say it doesn't matter who the other person is. They just want to see my, my role. And again, I will argue with that because firstly, some casting directors do say that 
I don't think that that's correct in the fact that how can they tell what they're subconsciously thinking? Yeah. They might say they don't mind. The same as if there was a dog in the background right now, it's going to be distracting yeah. the hell out mm-hmm. of you. You right. might still have dogs, right? right. <laughs> but there's a dog in the background. So I think that if you can if you can up your chances of doing a good piece of work, why not? Right? Why have someone that can't read? Right. In your audition. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily about whether they'll be distracted or not. It's more about that. If you're reading with an actor who can make you feel like you're really in that situation that you're trying to portray, then your audition is going to be much better. So yeah, it might not be distracting, but it also doesn't mean that they're going to cast you. Yeah. Oh. Acting is re- reacting. You're literally reacting to what your reader is giving you. And I did an audition with my brother because we were back home and I had no one else to be my reader so he was my reader and that was one of the worst auditions I'd ever done my old manager was like who was your reader (laughs) no (laughs) yeah yeah. and you know I go back to the times when we're in the room sometimes the casting assistants were terrible readers right oh yeah yeah and you had to work off that yeah again I I remember certain auditions I've done which I didn't get the job and it's because to me it's the casting assistant was a terrible reader now they were probably a terrible read for everyone so that levels the playing field in in a sense but it just doesn't help me do my best work and so when I think about you know making an impact with acting what I want to be able to do my best work I want to be lit correctly I want to have good sound now I don't go overboard in these things I think we're in a trend now this is off topic but we're in a trend where people are going overboard and buying such expensive like I usually use daylight or I've got a ring light now I think from I speak to cast directors every day of the week literally every day of the week all around the world as long as you are lit and they can hear you you don't need the best lighting you don't need the best sound like it's just about being lit and here and then be a good actor with a good reader. That's the four components. And I think there's people that they spend so much money going to expensive studios, or they spend three hours setting their kid up and 15 minutes on the work. And and that's why they're not booking, you know? I wanna go back to what you were saying about balancing, you know, you own a business and you're an actor as well. Can you talk us a little bit about how you balance being a CEO of this big company and also being an actor? like this ah. <laughs> um, so they really go hand in hand and that's um with my last company it was a different it has a different industry it is sort of crossover because a lot of actors do promotional work but that was harder but then I was working less as an actor with this company it definitely goes hand in hand because it's actually my job to know about the industry right for both things and so whatever I'm doing in the we audition space, and yes, I'm running the business. So I'm doing sales and marketing and customer service and web design and all these things, right? We, like me and my business partner, we, we design the product together. He does all the coding and I do all the business stuff. Um, but that means I'm running around the world, putting on events, speaking on panels. Um, but it, it all works together because I'm working with actors. My customers are actors, my members are actors. And our other members are casting directors and agents and managers. Amazing. So I'm, I'm immersing myself in the industry. So I'm making my job to know about the industry. How I do it in a typical, literally scheduling way is when I get an audition, I concentrate on that. I put mm-hmm. my tape in, I use We Audition to put my tape in. And then I get back to being the CEO. And that's that's literally, you know, there's very few occasions where I can't stop one to do the other. Yeah. Uh, and so I always prioritize my acting work because there's never anything super urgent. I work and we audition every day and most of the day every day, but it fits in around my acting. I have a wonderful business partner in England. He's also an actor, a very good actor. Um, and it works that way too. I mean, he was just on a movie for four weeks with David wow. Harbour and Orlando Bloom in four different countries. And, but we we still worked on the, the business in between his shoot and in between my shoot. Wow. There was one day, actually, which was very tough for me, which is one of those choices. I was at Cannes Film Festival last year, and we run a big We Audition house, and we take talent with us, and we, we, we sponsor diverse talent to come to the festivals with us. And um, I booked a movie in Hawaii, which is literally probably the furthest place <laughs> from 
Cannes in France. And the movie was starting on the day I was supposed to be leaving Cannes. So that, that was one of those moments where like, okay, I had to leave the wheel audition business a day early in order to fly to Hawaii and start the movie the next day. But that happens so rare that, that there'll be a conflict like that. And in those examples, I did both. I, I literally did both. I, I was in Cannes doing the wheel audition stuff and running around the film festival. And then I stayed up till 3 a.m. one night to do a table read with my cast in Hawaii. Wow. <laughs> you know? So we did a Zoom table read. And then, then uh, you know, and, and again, it's like when you're at a point in your career where, where things are important to you, and wheel audition is very important to me, the members are very important to me, that was a conversation with my agent and manager where I was like, I want to do this movie, but we need to make the schedule work. I also want to be in Cannes. Yeah. And so that yeah. was actually a day, a day and a half between my manager, my Hawaii agent and the casting director trying to figure out that schedule and if it's going to work. And it was negotiating. Um, and I think, and, you know, talking about the members and mentors and things like that i i have you know i think people what they don't use we audition enough for is advice hmm. yeah yeah um, you can read a script on there but you can call, you can pick one of the members that has more experience than you and say hey what would you do in this situation so in my example the first thing i did when i got that call i was actually i was hosting a we audition party in la here when mm. i got that call, i booked the job i finished that party looked at the details and i was like oh my gosh it's the same days as can I called my best friend who is, he's one of the um, series regulars on the show Bel Air, very experienced actor, came from England as well. Wow. And I just said, Jimmy, what would you do in this situation? This is my, this is my issue. It's the lead role in a movie shooting for three weeks. I don't want to not do the job. And he said, yeah, but Cannes is important to you too. And he was coming to Cannes with us. And he's like this, he said, he said to me, it's your job as the actor, as the business guy to finesse your team to make this work for you you've got to convince them of why they've all got to work it out for you wow. and it was, that was such and he helped me through that to say the right things and it was such powerful um advice because I'd not been in that situation I'm usually in the situation of thank you for the work mm. I'm grateful to get the work and then suddenly I was in a position where, where I, I didn't know what to do because I wanted to do both. And we did make it work and the team were all happy and everyone was happy and the movie came out and it was great. And so I think getting back to the story of We Audition is, is that kind of thing you could use We Audition for. Mm. You know, we have people saying, it's my first red carpet. I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to say to the press. There's someone on We Audition that's done it. Yeah. So if it's your first day, here's another way I would use it as well. If it's my first day on a set of an existing show, I find someone on We Audition that's been on that show. Mm. And I ask them, I ask them, what's the studio like? How far is it from the parking to the dressing rooms? Like all this logistical information that will help me do my job better on the day. And I think people neglect to use it for that reason. They think of it just as running lines, but there's this like powerhouse of information that you can tap into there. So you can find actors who have been on, on certain shows and message them on there? You can... In the instant reader section, there's a filter. So you just type whatever you want. So let's say you have an audition for CSI, type CSI in there and all the people that have CSI in their resume will come up. Wow. Interesting. Wow, that's really they'll, amazing. They'll come up that, that are available at that time. So everyone's yeah. instantly available. So it just filters that list. If you want to work on a British accent, type British, all the people that put British in there. And that's why it's really important on We Audition to fill out your profile fully and use the tags that we, so you can tag yourself instead of there being a drop down saying what ethnicity you are or what age range or whatever, we allow you to just put tags. So we allow you to describe yourself, how you want to be seen, right? Mm. How you think. So we're not even, there's, there's no drop downs or filtration for gender or height or race or anything like that. We strongly believe from the start, we're, we're, we're not going to put people in those boxes you can tell me if you prefer to be called white or Caucasian or, you know, whatever your gender is. We don't have a drop down because you can define it. Yeah. Ooh, awesome. So, and you oh, use the I'm sold. <laughs> I'm, about to, <laughs> I'm about to become a member. This, no, because this is amazing. I, um, 
when I move now that you you do have an international database of members, that's going to be really amazing for me if I have an audition and I want someone with an American accent to help me because my partner has a very, very French accent. Right. He is, you know, his English is very French and it's not going to be what I need. Also, he's not an actor too. It'd be really amazing to get yeah. actors to, to use it. Well, you know, what's, what's really exciting about We Audition though is I know a lot of our top members are internationally based, right? With accents. Hmm. And yeah, I see, I don't see people's auditions, but I see but the bookings that come through. And I see people booking people with accents for American roles with reading. Yeah. And I don't think it makes it, not, not only does it not make a difference, I think it's good, right? And here's why, because a good actor with an accent is still a good actor. Yeah. Right? Yep. And when an actor turns in an audition, say for an American show, but their reader is has a French accent or a, you know, a, a, an Arabic accent or an Australian accent, whatever, that's subliminally telling these producers and these casting people that that's okay. It's normalizing, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So it's actually having an effect on what we're going to see on screen, right? Because having an accent is not a disadvantage these days and it shouldn't be and it should be more normalized right definitely yeah yeah and so I, I encourage people to use their natural accents in stuff unless it specifically says or there's a reason for it you know I'm, I'm British right I will use my British accent for most roles except if they say oh he grew up in a trailer in the midwest and has never left the country then I'll be American yeah but if it's doctor lawyer I'm going to be British. There's no reason yeah. I can't be British. British guy that's a doctor, especially in America. In America. There are doctors, yeah. lawyers, whoever from all over yeah. the world. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that we're we're sort of subliminally normalizing accents and different nationalities mm -hmm. on a Hollywood level. You know. Yeah. We actually had one of your one to watch people on our podcast. We had Carrie Bernans because we're good friends. Carrie's with her. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I can't believe wild, you said right? it. She is, yeah. She's what? She's pregnant. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. Be a mini carry running around soon. Cute. That, that baby is going to be better at stunts than I will ever have dreamed of being in my life. <laughs> yes. Like coming out of the womb doing cartwheels. I know. I, I was going to say there'll be like a, a somersault birth. Yeah. <laughs> so, Darren, what would you say has been one of the hardest times going through this career, going through your journey, coming to the U.S., starting this company? And how did you persevere through one of those challenges? Hardest times? Um, you know, probably. I'm someone I when I see a challenge, I kind of like it um, and I don't get frustrated by, you know, you know, I'm, I guess I've been really patient with my career because I haven't reached the levels that I wanted to reach and I haven't reached the levels that friends of mine have, you know, I still, I still feel like I'm doing bits and pieces compared to some people I know. Um, but that doesn't bother me that much because I feel like we all have a path. Um, and I'm, I'm confident that I'm doing the right things. Um, I'm not someone that beats myself up about what I could have done differently all the time. But one of the hardest times was was when I left England and came to America because I was I'm not going to say I was depressed. It wasn't quite that bad, but I was I was getting there. I was just stagnant and frustrated. I was I remember being very, very frustrated. I remember one time where I just sat in my car and cried and I didn't know what I was crying about. Hmm. And it was just this frustration. And when I look back at my life, it's pretty good. I had a house, I had a girlfriend, I had a business, I was making money, I was acting in little bits. I was like, my life is actually pretty good when I look back. Something in me just wasn't happy with it, right? I was, you know, I was just stagnant. That's the best way I can describe it. I just felt like nothing's moving. Yeah. In, in a career sense, in a life sense, it just is as bored. And so recognizing that and understanding what to do with that um was you know a hard time um another hard time in in my career that turned out to have a wonderful silver lining um I got surprised divorced in 2018 I literally got married and like six months later surprise she left um and out of nowhere 
is a, is a, and I was actually working on a TV show at the time for a couple of days in, in Atlanta. And I came back to like no wife. Wow. What I did at that moment, cause it was, I was in LA. Um, I talked to, I to talk to my friends about, about what happened. And it was a, it was a sort of, I was anticipating a tough time because it was a change of lifestyle, right? It, it wasn't going to come back. And I sat there and thought, well, I need to make myself happy. What makes me happy? And it was acting and travel, the two big things that make me happy, and the health and lifestyle, or whatever, as well. I said, well, I can't change. I, I can't, you can't just do acting, right? You can't, you're not in control of that. But travel, I am. So I actually sat down with my agents and managers and said, I'm going to go on a one way ticket around the world. Hmm. Right? I, I'm I'm le- basically I said I'm leaving LA. I'm I don't know where I'm going and how long for, and I'm just going to bounce around. I'm going to I'll give my palm to someone else, and I fully expected them to. I didn't expect them to, but I was fully okay with the fact that they said we're we're not going to work together anymore. And at that point in my life, I was okay with that. If that happened, actually the opposite happened. They were super supportive. I said send me auditions, send me self takes. This is pre pandemic, so. It was not yet normal to not be in LA as, as an actor. Uh, and, but I said, look, wherever I am, I had we audition, wherever I am, I'll do the audition. And if I get the job, I'll fly back. I worked more as an actor that year than I ever worked. Wow, that's amazing. And I went around the world building we audition, meeting the actors, meeting the communities. Every city I went to, I would meet up with members in that city. I'd throw a cocktail party for new members, get to know everyone. And then I would reach out to all the agents and managers and casting directors and I have meetings with everyone I could meet with. And from doing that, that's why I have such a prolific knowledge of the international industry now. Is because in that year I met more agents, casting directors, managers, acting coaches than anyone I can imagine. Wow. And and that's why the community now is so international. And it's also why. I do these panels at film festivals about the future of casting because I really believe that I understand it from a global perspective like no one else does. Yeah. I love how honest you are about going through that period of your life because I feel like as actors, sometimes we feel like we need to portray this front and act like we're happy all the time. Like We'll be great to have on set. And I think that sometimes it's hard for actors to realize that other people also feel stagnant. Other people also like wish that you weren't in the place that you are, but that's okay because we're all sort of trudging along in this journey together. Yeah, one part of acting is is human emotion, isn't it? So I always say to people, this is why I love travel, right? I think travel and culture is so important as an actor. And I know so many actors that come to LA and never leave LA. And their reasoning for doing that, like they won't even go to like Big Bear or Palm Springs for a weekend because they're worried they might miss something in LA. And they they think they're being passionate. They think that they're being good actors. I'm committed. I hear all these words like, no, I just want to act. I'm not interested in having fun. I'm not interested in having a relationship. I'm not interested in doing that fun thing. And I'm like, that's what makes you a well-rounded human being. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you're going to draw your character. You know, and this is why you get, if you ever see a struggling actor that's been in LA for 10 years and they decide to make a film, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, they're making a film about being a struggling actor. (laughs) Because that's all they know. Yeah. Yeah. Right? The rest of the world doesn't want to see that. They want to see that as Joey and friends. That's it. Right. Right. But that's not relevant to most people. Most people want a story about the woman that works at the the diner that stays up all night or the the lawyer that's struggling in New York. You know, that's that's the, the ubiquitous stories that most people connect with. And so as actors, we need to go out and meet those people. We need to be in those environments. We need to change ourselves up and and have this global perspective, especially now movies are becoming more global you've got to have a global perspective on it Mm -hmm. we got a really good advice from another actress and I got the same advice from my manager and my coach because I was like I feel like I'm not doing enough in acting I feel like you know outside of class and um during my auditions like what am I supposed what more is an actor supposed to do um because right now with the times have changed I can't get any meetings with people because after COVID like no one's really taking that many meetings or anything so I'm like what am I what do I do and all three of them said find something else that interests you outside of acting like go and like 
pursue other passions and do and focus on other things and try to make a life outside of acting, which I have been doing, but I kind of put on pause because I am in my mind, it's pilot season and I need to get out of that because we don't have pilot season anymore. It's like all year round. I don't think that it is, you know, specific from January till May now. Now it's great because we can audition all year round and there's stuff happening all year round. So that was like the biggest thing that I got from those three people was that go find yourself outside of acting. Like who are you outside outside of acting? And then use those experiences in your acting. And you were basically pretty much on the on the line too. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. And for similar reasons, but also more deep reasons in that, you know, have you ever heard a cast director say they can smell desperation? Yeah, yeah. Right. So that always confused me. I, I was like, well, I wonder how, like, what is it about that? Um, and, but now I'm a lot older in my career and I've been doing it for so long. I, I see what they mean. And what they mean is when you need it, it comes across as you need the job, right? And I always, I always had a problem with that. I was like, don't we all need the job? Isn't that why we're doing it, right? But when you actually don't need it for financial reasons, then you make different choices, right? And so you might not do a, an audition that you don't that doesn't align with your values, right? Now, if you take that concept, so I just put a financial thing in there. Forget finances. When you love what you, when you love your life, the acting is just part of it. It's part of something you do that you love. Yeah. And you approach it with just this different energy and patience, and and just um, this this kind of essence that comes across of you, Ash, the actor, as a person. And what I find is the people that are successful, they do have, they, so here's a different example. When you, when you meet an actor in a bar and all they talk about is acting, uh, who's your agent, what do you, right? My friends were, that are working on TV, that's not what we talk about in evenings. Do, do we occasionally? Sure, someone's got a challenge, we'll talk about it. But we talk about other stuff because we're doing acting all day long. Yeah. And so, but the person that isn't acting all day long, they meet another actor or cast director. They're, oh, who's your agent? How can I get in touch? Da, 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 da. And that's the desperation. And mm. it's literally, they think they're being proactive. All it comes across as is you're not acting very much. Yeah. Right? No, tell you're not acting very much because you're so eager to talk about it at every juncture. Yeah. It's like a cocaine addict that sees talcum powder on the floor. It's like, is that coke? You're like, no, <laughs> of course it's talcum powder. Like, why would you even think that was coke? <laughs> and the actor is always picking out the acting stuff and it just yeah. reeks of them not acting. What do you think are some non-negotiables you have that keep you in this, keep you motivated and keep you feeling like you're still ready and still excited about auditions that you get? Do you have a morning routine or what are some things that you feel like you need to do every day to be who you are? The, how I keep in this is... <sighs> I've been doing it so long. It's my job. This is what I do. Like, and I know some actors are like, oh, it's my lifelong passion. I don't, I, I honestly don't feel about it in that way. It is a lifelong career for me. But at this point, it's like I've done it for 20 years, 20, 25 years. It's what I do. It's just, I don't, I don't think about, oh, I must wake up and motivate myself to be an actor. I wait for the auditions. I do the auditions. I put them in. I get back to my work, my, my, my business and, and then I live my life. That's what I do every day. Um, so I don't really need a, a driving force, if you like. Um, financially, I think what's a really interesting thing about acting when you've done it for 20 years, in America specifically, is residuals are like stocks. Other people, so if you ever have that friend that's, uh, you know, a bit more nine to five and sensible and all that, and they're like, oh, I could never be an actress. So it's so uh, up and down and, you know, feast and famine and all that. I guarantee some of my TV shows that I've done one episode from are outperforming their stocks that they bought mm. when they were sold. Guarantee you. Yeah. I have one day of work and I'm making money 12, 13 years later. Yeah. And when you look at it like that, you go, okay, this is my, I'm investing in my career and you're getting these residuals and they, they can only build over time. Yeah. You know, more shows will carry on than get canceled, especially all these new, new ways of watching. Um, and so that, is one of those things that keeps me, it doesn't keep me driven, but it keeps me in the game, Yeah. right? 
because I, I see it, I see the building, I see the, the blocks being put down. Morning routine, um, yeah, so generally speaking, I wake up very early, I wake up at 6.15. On a on a normal day, I'm not I'm not strict about this. I don't do this every day. I adjust it depending if I've been out the night before or if I'm hanging out with someone or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, on a normal day, when I wake up, it's six fifteen. I wake up. I will do um, three pages of freehand journaling. Whatever. Morning pages. Books. Morning pages. Yeah. Not. Not love our morning. <laughs> I haven't read the artist way. I've skim read it, uh, but I just I just okay. do it to get my thoughts on paper. Um, I meditate if I can for like 10 to 15 minutes. I will have some kind of like juice or smoothie, like celery juice or like some kind of good thing. I'm trying to hydrate actually in the morning. I'm trying to do a big glass of water in the morning um, before the coffee because mm -hmm. coffee coffee's the big one as well. And then I'll go to the gym and I'll do a workout class. I'll do a solid hour and a half in the gym um, and get. I, I take my time to do my workout, go in the sauna, shower get ready slowly and then once i'm on my day i'm on my day mm. and and so then then i i literally sit on my laptop and work or i'll take meetings i love going out like i'll i'll, I'll take a meeting for any reason because i love just i love new people yeah. and i love trying new places so mm -hmm. when someone reaches out for a, a, even like a, a not a random reason but if they've got like some kind of reason to chat i'll be like let's have coffee let's have lunch i love that I really love that because now it's all like, okay, let's go on, go up, get on Zoom or like FaceTime or just call me. But I miss that like face-to-face -face interaction because you can just get so much more done. And, you know, and like, I don't know. I just miss that energy of like having these face-to-face -face meetings and meetups. I do. I do. And, you can, and this is ironic because I run a video chat company. Yeah, I know. And we're on Zoom right now. So. But, but I will say that's a, means, that's a means to an end. I think the video chat is very useful for the audition process ultimately that work is going to be done on a set with somebody else right yeah. and that's how I feel about like I just love connecting with people okay so I'm really dying for this epic answer to our DM <laughs> <Yeah. question. laughs> I've been waiting for this this whole episode so now is the time please tell us about the funniest wildest most intriguing or inspirational DM that you've ever received okay there's there's a, a series of DMs <laughs> that resulted in me having some of the most incredible wild experiences of my life i'm ready so i i'll start the the very start is um i got an a linkedin message uh this is about it's probably like 10 or probably like 12 years ago now i got a linkedin message from a woman from indonesia saying hey darren i'm in la next week shall we meet for that coffee? I had no idea who this woman was. No idea. And I was like, but there seems to be some conversation that's happened because it's meet for that coffee, not meet for a coffee. So I wonder what that coffee was. It just, it just got me intrigued. I looked her up. She was a film producer in Indonesia. So I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm happy to meet a film producer. Yeah. But I'm still intrigued why it's that coffee or not. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's a language thing. Maybe she just meant a coffee. But I'm like this person that I like to delve. So <laughs> I was looking around trying to figure. I could see she she made one one big movie in Indonesia, but I couldn't find any more information. And I just at one point I just thought to put her name into my email list, and I, I saw an email that we had exchanged from three years before that when I was at Cannes Film Festival. And she'd been going through the list of attendees and reaching out to set up meetings. And I was like, yeah, I'll meet you. And then let's have a coffee tomorrow. And then she was like, oh, I fly in in two days. And I'm like, I'm already gone. <gasps> so we had this brief, brief email exchange back from a Cannes Film Festival. So now I'm like, ah, that coffee. Great. I know who it is. I don't know who it is, but I, I know we've had yeah. some interaction. Then I said, yeah, sure, I'm around. And she said, actually, what are you doing on Oscar Sunday? would you like to go to the Ellen John Oscar party? And I'm like, um, yes, but it's really expensive and I don't spend that much money going to party. And she said, oh no, it's okay. I have two tickets. You can come as my guest. So cut to two weeks later, 
we're, we're all dressed up in our tuxedo. I meet this woman for the first time and we go to the Ellen John Oscar party together. Oh my God. This, I don't know if you know about that party, if you've been, it's like, it's it's the place that everyone goes that isn't going to the Oscars. So it's full of A-list celebrities, right? At the time when we went, it was very new and very small. And I was sat on a table with Sharon Osbourne and Gila Liberté, the guy that created Cirque du Soleil. Um, Seal was there. Elton John comes around and shakes your hand. It was like wild. So this story, this story's got another DM for you. <laughs> so we have this whole day out. Uh, it turns into a party in the evening. It's a really like fun time. Uh, Florence and the Machine played with Elton John. It's like it's wild Oscar Sunday. About a week later, I get a Facebook DM from this tall, beautiful Turkish model, <laughs> and she says, "Hi, Darren. Uh, how are you?" And I reply, I look at her profile, I have no idea who she is. And I was like, hello, have we met? That was my reply. Because I don't like, I don't connect with people on Facebook that I haven't met. And she's like, yes, of course, Darren, and sends me a photo of her and me on the dance floor at the Elton John party. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh, I guess that was after a few too many champagnes. I had Oops. <laughs> no recollection so there's just a picture of me and her taking a photo together she was like anyway i wanted to ask you would you like to come to turkey to be on who wants to be a millionaire and i'm like what this is random and i don't know if you've seen that show slumdog millionaire the, the film yeah. slumdog millionaire, but that the who wants to be a millionaire show is supposed to be random right the contestants are random that's the whole point yeah. so you I was like, this sounds corrupt, <laughs> but why as well? And she said, oh, my friend produces the show. We want some, some Hollywood guests on. So would you like to come over to Turkey? Um, and I was like, um, maybe, sure, <laughs> we'll think about it. I thought this sounds like a scam, right? I just, I just like, who is this person? Yes, I, I know I've met her once now, but yeah. so again, I, I Googled her name and it turns out she's a very famous model and socialite in Turkey. And then I came across an article in a magazine that about her in an American magazine that was styled by my old landlord, who's a celebrity stylist. What? So I called this guy up and I'm like, hey, do you know this woman? He's like, oh, yes. Yeah, she's she's very famous in Turkey. And I was like, is she legit? He's like, oh, yeah. Why? And I was like, well, she's asked me to go to Turkey to do this thing. She's like, you should go. Her family like super, super important out there. You should go. So I was like, okay, so now I'm like, I've got a little bit of validation. So I emailed back saying, yeah, I'll come to Turkey. Somehow she changed the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire to Istanbul Fashion Week. She's like, well, would you be a guest at Istanbul Fashion Week? And I was like, sure. She's like, we'll send you first class tickets and we'll fly you around, around uh, the city by helicopter and by yacht. And I was like, okay. Two weeks later, across Facebook, across the DMs, comes a first class ticket to Turkey. Oh my God. I look it up on Turkish Airlines. It's legit. Oh, wow. I get on this plane. I fly first class to Turkey. The other, the other side, there's a, a, six men in black suits with earpieces. They hustle me through security. They put me in a van. And then I'm like, I just watched that movie Taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this moment of like, wait a second. What did I do? I'm in a, I'm in a van with six men in black suits with earpieces on my own in Turkey. And then when the guy introduced himself as the prime minister's assistant, <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? And they take me to this beautiful hotel and I have the penthouse suite and I have a full-time minder and a full-time bodyguard. And they take me out in Turkey and I sit, I'm sitting at the front row of the fashion show with Matt Dillon. Turkey's and amazing, by the way. I love Turkey's it. Amazing. Turkey's yeah. amazing. It's amazing when you do it like this. But literally- they I'm just sure treat even me. better, yeah. <laughs> super vip i had a photographer come out from mary claire magazine and shoot a whole article on me we went out to all these restaurants and clubs and it's making a huge fuss right and that that's the story oh. i ended up getting sponsored by turkish airlines for the next three years they flew me wherever i wanted to go in the world stop it first class ash is gonna like so the, the, mor the moral of this story is answer those damn dms <laughs> Right. I'm going to because all my DMs right now and I'm messaging if, if I If I hadn't answered the first DM, I would never have been at the Elton John Oscar party. I never hadn't wow. been there, I would have got the second DM. 
This, I think, is the best DM story that we've ever had. <laughs> Hands so, so much. Like, and we're the people I mentioned. We're all very good friends now. We've worked together wow. a bunch. You know, we. I see them when they come over to LA and it's just, it's just a wonderful. Now, of course, the caveat is you've got to stay safe, right? So I wouldn't recommend anyone just answers every DM they, they get. But I think what I took out of that is I'm always curious, right? And I, I, I probably dramatized it a little bit. I did, you know, like I, I did the research, right? I'm not going to just go and be stupid and be somewhere because someone says, but it, the pieces fit together but you know being able to say yes opened up this in, incredible world of opportunities and good people and you know just fun times and really interesting work things you know me and the Turkish woman we've we've worked on putting scripts together and films and stuff as well you know it's, it's a lot has come out of that a lot of good relationships have come out of that well, Darren, thank you so much for being here. You've been incredibly amazing. We thank you for your amazing service. We love We Audition. And it's just been so wonderful getting to hear your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun uh, conversation that I don't normally have these with people. So. This Can you is, no, this is yeah, amazing. There's gonna be a lot more members joining because I'm about to go on breaking news and be like, everyone go with other shit. Can you let us know where our listeners can find you as well? Uh we're on at We Audition on the socials and my personal one is at Darren Darnbro. Amazing. Yeah. Great. Well, everyone, you know where to find him and please check out We Audition. Well, everybody, this has been another amazing episode of Damsels in the DMs. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. It really makes a difference in helping us to record more episodes for you all. We're always listening. We're always reading. And we love hearing from you guys. And we love staying connected to you guys. You are our family, our community. So we just really value and appreciate you guys. And because you are our community, we really need your DMs. So please continue to send us those DMs of the week. You're still more than welcome to let us know what's going on with you. We're always happy to address it. And send in suggestions of people you want to hear on the podcast. We'd love to interview who you guys want to hear. All right, everybody. Well, it's been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. Going down in the DMs. Bye. Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.